The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about disappearing. And in this digital age, you know that that is something very difficult But we have a wonderful expert who's actually been on our show before. Let me tell you a little bit about Frank Ahern, who is a privacy consultant who works with people who need to disappear. His clients range from victims of stalkers, celebrities seeking privacy, business travelers avoiding abductions, and others who find digital information all too intrusive, which I think that's really everybody. We all need Frank. Frank started his career as a skip tracer that that helped him find people and social engineer who obtained information for investigators, lawyers, and tabloids. And he's worked with cases involving Monica Lewinsky, George Clooney, Conrad Black, and Oscars, and the Oscars, uh, to just name a few of them. Frank is the co-author of How to Disappear, which is the book that we talked about last time. And it's the authoritative, comprehensive guide for people who seek to protect their privacy, as well as for anyone who's ever entertained the fantasy of really just disappearing, whether actually dropping off out of sight or by eliminating the traceable evidence of their existence. And he has a new book, which is very exciting, which is coming out this March. And it's entitled How to Disappear Disappear from Big Brother. Now, that is a huge issue. I'm sure that uh, Ed Snowden would have really liked to learn more about that. So thank you so much, Frank, for joining us all the way from New York. Hey, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Well, I know you're a great privacy expert, and you're a strategy expert, too. So why don't you tell us what kind of privacy expert you are and kind of explain to us what is a stratagem expert? Uh, I, I deal with people who have different types of issues about privacy. You know, it could be, you know, a very wealthy person who's very concerned about information about their family and concerned about their children being connected to them digitally. And, you know, their, their biggest concern is abduction. Because, you know, they're sitting targets and their children are worth money in a black market. So my job to them is to make sure that nobody ever connects their children to them or their children to their, their business whatsoever. And I also create information when my client is traveling. It appears he's Joe the house painter or just an architect, not, you know, this super wealthy guy who's traveling to Belize or to 
you know, mm-hmm. Bolivia. So I'm, that's one part of the business. And the other part of the business is the stratagem part where I deal with clients who have digital issues. And those digital issues could be negative or untrue information appearing online. And I pretty much combat that through the use of deception. Since we can't delete online information the way a lot of people assume we can. Right. And I think Yelp has been a real problem recently. So we can talk about that another time. But what type of people actually need to disappear? You know, it it, it, it either comes down to violence or money, typically. You know, a a victim of a stalker, a victim of an abusive spouse, uh, somebody who found themselves in a bad business situation and retribution might be coming their way to the money people are, I've come into a lot of money and I just want to leave everything behind, or I lost everything and I have some seed money and I just want to leave everything behind. But, you know, typically it always came down to violence or money. However, there's kind of like a new breed cropping up of people saying, you know something, I just don't like the way technology is moving forward and I really don't want to be involved in this digital world and I'd like to somehow disappear myself away from that life or separate myself from that. So those are the three kind of reasons, but it runs from the housewife to the near billionaire. There's no one particular person. Right. And domestic violence victims, I would think, are are a biggie. You know, we see that. And there's some laws in California that help them to disappear. Let's talk about some ways that people that, you know, I I know you have this in your book, but give us some hints and some tips that people can go and get more from your book. What are some some ways that people can, you know, protect themselves and, and, and their digital identity? Well, I, I think the first thing people need to really decide is what is privacy to them, since, you know, what is important and what do they want to protect about them? What, one of the issues I see is there's two types of information. There's online information that we see through databases, through, you know, social networking. Then there's the offline information where our phone company wants our contact information you know, our utility company wants, or in case of emergency, Visa wants this, MasterCard wants that. And I think what individuals need to do is stop giving it away. You know, just because a company asks for your information doesn't mean you have to give it. You know, back in the days when you'd write a check at a store, they wanted your Social Security number, you know, or they wanted your driver's license to write on the check. But really, you didn't have to provide that. And I think the same goes today on the offline information, plus third-party information, people putting information up about you, controlling that, you know, friends tagging, putting your face, your picture online without asking you or putting your information online without asking you. So I think that's the first thing is deciding what privacy is and then reaching out to those organizations and people around you. Right. So, so for example, in, in our country, we have opt-out, which means that companies may be free to share information about you that they have to have to be able to service you that they um, that you have a right to opt out rather than opt in. So what what are some ways that people should really start thinking about what they can keep from these companies that they're working with? Well, I, I think the problem with the opt out thing, just because you, it says you're opted out doesn't mean it 
always works because you know, take someone like me, my name is Frank. You know, sometimes Frank may opt out, but they start Francis doesn't opt out or Frank M doesn't opt out. But I, I think it's also a responsibility to yourself. How much information do you want to put online? Okay. Like, <clears throat> when companies need your phone number, there's nothing wrong with having like a Google number or a separate prepaid number and you give them that that really has no identifying factors. Mm-hmm. I mean, why cable TV means my date of birth is just beyond my understanding. Right. I, I suggest not being 100% honest with them because they're utilizing that information for something. And the truth is, with all this information out there, we don't know how it's going to be used in five years or ten years from now. And to me, that's the biggest question is, you know, you're giving it away and you're giving it to somebody who wants to make money on it somehow and they just haven't figured that out yet. Right, and what they're doing is once they collect a lot of information about you, they have a profile, then they share it with other companies and people find out, you know, that they have that there are huge profiles about them. And I've seen this myself in being an expert witness on a privacy case with a retail company that when people found out that um, all the information that was gathered about the the customers that were in their databases, they were just shocked <laughs> to oh, see it, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, what happens is when they trade or sell information among each other, that, that profile becomes bigger and more perfect. I mean, I was reading something about one of the cable companies, and, you know, they, they watch what they monitor what you watch, you know, what commercials are on your TV, if you change the station. And it's every moment of our life, to, is, is, there's a digital footprint. Yes. You, know, you wake up, you turn the light on, the electric company knows that. You turn the radio on or you turn the TV on, they know that. You leave your house, there's a camera in the elevator, you walk down the street. You know, we're reaching this point where we're being tracked, but we're being tracked in ways we don't, we're not always aware of it. And that's the scary part. Yes, that, that is the scary part because if, you, if you're not aware of it, there also so much of it is beyond your control, right? I mean, if you... When we look at what's been happening with the NSA spying, I mean, how many people re- realize that their phone numbers and all of their, you know, the text. numbers that they were calling and their texts, right, and voicemails were being collected. I mean, what do we do about that? Is that what's, that's what's in your new book about how to protect ourselves from Big Brother? Right. I mean, just, just one thing interesting. I was watching this guy talk about privacy, and he was saying, you know, a lot of times we're more honest with our search engine than we are with our spouses you know, and the things we search. Right. And, you know, what's, to me, the whole NSA thing is totally offensive. I mean, I mean you, if you email, sometimes you email things or text things that are just, you know, it doesn't sound right and it can be misconstrued. And, mm. you know, the simplest things we're doing, the government is learning about it. You know, in my new book, The How to Disappear from Big Brother, I talk about, you know, using third-party services. You know, you can't, escape the digital footprint. It, it exists no matter what. But what you can do is learn to exist and not opt into it. You can use prepaid services. Um, I teach people how to, you know, use their computer, you know, through prepaid services. I mean, the, the question is how you get that service. You don't walk into the store and buy it. I teach you how to have somebody else go and let them buy it because the real digital footprint is the face on the camera doing the transaction. So, I mean, there are ways you can exist a lot more privately, but you'll never release yourself from that digital connection. 
Yes. You know, one time I had this um, client that had been a victim of stalking and she did everything she possibly could to um, protect herself. Her her name was in a, her uh, house was in a trust in somebody else's name. All of her bank accounts were in somebody else's name. But she worked for a company that had information about her, obviously, so she could get her paycheck, right? And um, so they put the paycheck in her name. They had her social security number in there. And someone stole all that information, and she became the victim of identity theft. So wow. here she had done everything that she possibly could think of to put her assets, to put, you know, but then her employer's um, carelessness in letting some criminal come in and take all these boxes with her sensitive information, um, that's how she became a victim of identity theft. So is there any you know, absolute way to protect your privacy? There's no absolute way. And, you know, unfortunately, with identity theft, there's no sure way of protecting yourself against that. You know, it's an unfortunate numbers game of being a victim. The hard part of that is once you're the victim of identity theft, it's a, it's a miserable process trying to straighten things out, and it, and it can be catastrophic. But I think what we're seeing today, more identity theft is coming from corporations, their information being hacked into or their information being stolen. Right, right. You know, and that's that's the problem. There's no sure guide, sure way of protecting yourself. I mean, you you can take, you know, the means as far as, you know, limiting the information you put out there about yourselves. But I I say to people, listen, if you're going to shop online, why not use a prepaid credit card? I mean, a prepaid debit card that has no identifier on it. This way, if it gets stolen through Target or some other large company, you're not going to have any information on you. There's no information to take from the debit card, and you're not going to have a loss. So I mean, wait a minute. What you mean? Do you mean a prepaid credit card, not debit card? Because a debit card is linked to a, an account. No, but if you have a prepaid card, there's two types of prepaid cards you can get. You can get one that has your social security number that is linked to an account, or you can get one that is just you use a you go into the store and you buy like oh you put money out, on the card yeah. money, right yeah. or you can just buy I know people who just use gift cards they go in and buy those those you know twenty dollar yes. Visa gift cards right I mean, th- those things are, are great because there's no um, there's no identifying factor right and, you know that is one way to protect yourself because when you do put your information out there you know once it's out there you have no control over it. And you're you're just relying on the company to protect you, and you know some do great jobs and some don't. But unfortunately, hackers are smart, and you know, once they figure out one piece of software to protect themselves, there's that guy sitting in the dark room somewhere figuring out how they can get past the system. So there's no sure way of protecting. Them. Right, that's totally beyond your control. Right now, do you ever give people new identities? No, I mean new identities are like the big myth. Um, you know, legally, I can't and. The minute you use a fake identity, you've bro- broken so many laws. And if you're, you know, if you're not running from law enforcement, in no sense creating more problems in your life. Right. And, and in know, fact, I, I remember um, one, one victim of criminal identity theft, the DA told him to change his social security number. And that caused so many more problems in trying to help him. It took twice as long 
to help him because his old social security number was linked to his new social security number right. with the credit bureaus. And then, of course, that made him look even more suspicious. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the big, you know, unfortunately, the big problem are the credit bureaus when it comes to the, uh, the, the, the identity fraud. I mean, dealing with them, it's, it's like trying to deal with a foreign government. Right. It's very difficult. And they're, of course, buying more information about us than anybody, right? They're compiling and sharing and selling our information every single day. Right, and, and they're sharing this information whether it's true or not. Right. That's the worst part. There's nobody right. checking this out. And, you know, you know, like when you apply for something online and ask you, like, these, these different questions to prove your identity? Right. You know, I was, I was doing something. For the new book, I'm just doing some new things. I'm testing out a lot of these questions. They were asking me questions on there that I had no idea about. Right. I don't know who lived, if I, you know, my ex-wife lived on Main Street. Right, I mean, right. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a random act of luck sometimes, whether the information's correct or not. Right, right. Espe- yeah, especially to get into the credit bureaus, I'll ask these, these crazy things. And it, it even drives me crazy when my bank asks me, what was um what was one of my uh deposits what date well if mm-hmm. somebody found <laughs> you know my my you know the the receipt from a date they could say that so that was that was so crazy i said to him what kind of stupid question is that for me to ask you a question about my account you know I, it was it yeah i mean sometimes there is no relation whatsoever so let's talk about um a little bit about how easy it or what other things you can do online to disappear using technology. I like the idea of buying the prepaid cards, the gift cards, and that makes a lot of sense to me because if you buy it with cash, then no one knows where you bought it, right? Well, the key is you not to go in and actually buy it yourself because, right. you know, the idea of prepaid is, is a bit of a misconception. We think just because it's prepaid, there's no identifiers. But when you walk into the store and you buy the load-up time or you buy the phone or you buy the, the, the online, you know, there is the transaction, there is the camera. So that is the digital connection that you're creating. So my point is, you know something? Somebody can always use a quick 10 bucks standing on the corner, so you ask them to go in the store and buy it for you. Uh, but, you know, these are more extreme things I, I suggest for my victims of stalkers. Right, and this is the kind of that. stuff that the, that the terrorists know how to do, right? Uh, you know something, I, I don't think, you know, I, I can't answer that. I'm sure some do, some don't, you know, right, right. like, like, like any criminal, you know, some do, some don't. Right, right. Um, you know, I think the, the key online is it's really a question of what you're doing on, online. I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're a victim of a stalker and you're, you're communicating back and forth with your mother or your father, you know, you definitely don't want to do that from a location from your home. Right. You know, uh, where you can, where it can be traced, you know. I suggest people go out and you know go to a busy block, and typically you can find some free internet connection. And a lot of stores today, and you know, coffee shops are just offering free internet connection. You know, my point is, <coughs> excuse me, utilize those services. This way, they're more, they're more difficult to trace than connection in your home or the connection in your work. I. I the new book talks about totally separating yourself from all connections. I call it being a virtual presentative. It's kind of like a mindset. 
Yeah. And you just exist in this mindset where you have no connections. Now, how how, how can you do that if you want to make a living? If, you, if you're not, you know, a trust fund baby and you don't have, you know, a, you want to be a CEO of a company. I mean, how, how do you do that? How do you make money? I mean, that, well, that seems to be know, a problem. That's the biggest problem. You know, when people contact me, they're like, listen, I need to disappear. My first question is, well, how do you plan on making a living? You right. can't be Joe the bus driver in Vegas and be Joe the bus driver in Miami. Right. It just doesn't work that way. And that is one of the problems that victims of stalkers have. It's like, you know, people get traced by their income. And, you know, I know a lot back in the day when I was like skip tracing and getting information, you know, locating where somebody worked through their you know, workers' comp or something of that nature is easy to find or through their unemployment payments. Right. So, you know, a lot of times what I suggest to people is they have a business, I mean, or if they can work on a 1099 where they're working under a corporation, right. uh, you know, that does offer a certain amount of protection. But, you know, you, you can't be a lawyer and disappear and be a lawyer in New York. And so you have to keep that in mind. And I've worked with people who just need to change their professions totally. They had no choice but to do that. It's not easy, but it's better than being you know, murdered. Exactly. Exactly. So you're the author of How to Disappear in the Digital Man. Um, tell me tell me a little bit about how those books are different from your new book or kind of compare all those three books so people can decide like what well, ones they need. You know, How to Disappear, How to Disappear in Racial Digital Footprints, is you know, it, it's a great book as far as uh, dealing with the on and offline life, okay? And it, 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 it's a little more about just disappearing and, and going off the grid, okay? And it talks about the use of offshore corporations and information like that. The digital hitman is strictly digital, how to create deception online for the purposes of you know, either dealing with negative information about you or untrue information about you or just simply if you don't want people to know information about you, it's about creating disinformation and digital disinformation online. And you go online, you know, the biggest intruder there is like Intellius. And they have all this information about us. And that book And Axiom, with, right? Axiom's another one. It's like the big dark evil corporation. People don't even know who these guys are. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Uh, Axiom is just the, 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 probably the biggest company out there that is just gathering more information than any corporation in the whole world. And they have that huge uh, compound, from what I understand, that just has buildings and buildings of, of computers. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're like, I guess you could say, they're the bloodstream of, of, of information. They're the ones who buy and sell. And, and, and even though the government isn't supposed to have any secret databases, <laughs> that's what we heard, that they're not supposed to according to, you know, the Information Privacy Act, but they can buy that stuff from these big companies, and that's what they're doing, right? Right. I, what was it? There was the article in the Times a few weeks ago about the NSA was buying phone records from AT&T. Right, right. I mean, if, if that's not offensive... You know, how AT&T justifies that is, you know, it, it, it's horrible. I mean, they don't, you know, the, the, I don't want to get on a tangent here. <laughs> the, pro, the problem is, yeah. you know, we have, we have no choice but to use X amount of companies. 
there's only X amount of cell phone companies right, now. There's only right. X amount of cable utilities. And, and they have no respect for the user or their customer. No. And they're just going behind our back and selling our information. And, and that whole issue of, you know, our... Uh, surveillance and search and seizure that's you know going up to the courts right now as to whether it's constitutional for the nsa to be able to do that you know? I, mean, we're, I think what a judge came out and said that because they're extracting the information on a bulk level and not extracting it individually right makes it legal and i'm like what's the difference yeah, and then what there is- was another court that disagreed with that. So that's why there's, you know, but but the problem is is that the FISA court, which is that secret court, said that it was legal. And so that this is becoming a um an issue that we're going to see in the next few weeks and few months as to really what is right, you know, what what is right. So I I I mean, yeah. isn't this basic? I mean, how does the digital world say, no, you don't need a subpoena? Right. You know, to me, you know, I, I find it fearful. And I'm not a conspiracy guy, but it's like it's becoming like East Berlin. There's really no difference, I mean, between sticking a, a, a wiretap and, and a light switch right. and just pulling phone records and bank records and Internet records. Right, right. Yeah, that's that is one of the whole issues with the FISA court is that they um, there is you know, they're able to even bypass the FISA court. And then even with the FISA court, it's only the government that goes in and says, we need this and this is why we need it. And the FISA court goes, okay. So, so we're at a, at a real uh, a crossroads. And I think the issue of your new book, you know, um, protecting yourself in the, in the name of it is, give us the name of your new book again about brother, Big Brother. How to Disappear from Big Brother. How to Disappear from Big Brother. I think that is going to be a, a bigger and bigger issue. Why don't you give us just a few tips on that new book and that'll get us all excited about reading it. I can't wait to get it myself. The, the, the best analogy I use is, you know, you're this kid who's at this, school prom and you dance with the bully's girlfriend and he wants to hunt you down and beat you up. The following week, you're delivering pizza and you're going to his house. And if you know if you ring the doorbell, he's going to beat you up. My point is, you go to the schoolyard, get some other team to deliver the pizza, you know, you keep your teeth, the other kid gets the tip, and the pizza shop gets the uh, money, and the bully gets the pizza. And my point is, if you remove yourself from the connection... For example, you can have all the email you, you want in the world, but there are cur- companies out there located all over the world who will check your email for you, or who will make calls for you. So my, my point is separating yourself from the connection. You know, when your assistant emails me, okay, yeah. I'm not the one reading the email initially, okay? I have somebody who's even, you know, India, who's in Germany. They're reading it, and then they're contacting me in a different way. So the email doesn't go straight to Frank Ahern. So oh. that's what the book teaches. If you want to create privacy, these are the things you need to do. And the most important thing to do is separating yourself from ringing the doorbell. If you push a button, if you hit enter, send, download, you've made a connection, and there's a digital footprint, and Big Brother knows about it. Right. And it's interesting that you're able to be a public person. And I think this is the big, big key. 
You want to be a public person in terms of your career so people can contact you, right? And also in terms of, you know, letting people know who you are with the book and coming on my show. So there's a real um, push-pull in terms of being able to be a public person and also be a private person. So, yeah, right? Absolutely. Years ago, when I was doing the skip tracing and locating people and locating information, you know, I was was working a lot of heavy-duty cases where if the person I was doing the information about knew I was doing it and knew where I lived, they'd probably come and shoot me. So it was really a matter of a, of, of a defense mechanism that I started doing this. And it, it just became, you know, standard operating procedure that I would never, I always made sure that I could never be connected to my office or be connected to my home because, you know, I had employees at one point and, you know, I had, I had to think about their safety. So I just look at it different. You know, I look at it as a digital way now. I protect myself from digital intrusion. Yes, you know, and... I don't, yeah, and I get no I get no mail whatsoever. You know, I, it's just Yeah. Well, I, you know, I hate to cut you off, but it, it it is really time for us to go. So just give your website and then people can find out a lot more about all the exciting things that you're doing to kind of shift their thinking. So g- give us your your uh, website. My website is disappear.info. Thank you so much. And we'll have you back again, Frank. Take care. Thank bye, you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.